0: This is going to be fun. Dad jokes. Who loves a good dad joke? Right. But, uh, yeah, my kids, they'll they'll say something and probably like, oh, my word. But You know, I love dad jokes. A dad joke is a joke that is so dumb, it's not even worth repeating. You know, so here goes. Why do skeletons go trick-or-treating? What, or why do they not go trick-or-treating? Why do skeletons not go trick-or-treating no because they have nobody to go with <laughs> what do you call an elephant that doesn't matter an irrelevant <laughs> do you guys want to hear a joke about construction Well, I'm still working on it. (laughs) Why couldn't the bicycle stand by itself? (laughs) It's too tired. (laughs) What did the grape do when he got stepped on? He squeezed out a little wine. Which is confirmation biblically that wine does not have to have alcohol in it. Did you ever squeeze a grape and that alcoholic wine come out of it? No, it's new wine. Amen. Can I get a witness on that? Hallelujah. All right. I wouldn't buy anything with Velcro. You know why? Because it's a total ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys know that the shovel was a groundbreaking invention? <laughs> Have you guys noticed that the graveyard looks a little overcrowded? It's like people are dying to get in there. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm just always surprised at the amazement of God's design because even the rotation of the earth, it just makes my no day. <laughs> My kids talked about taking me out for dinner this week, just today for Father's Day. And uh, you know, I recommended that we go to the restaurant on the moon. Have you guys ever been there? The food's great, but there's no atmosphere. <laughs> 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 and besides that, what do you call a fake noodle? A fake noodle. An then pasta. <laughs> and here's a here's a quiz for you guys all right how many apples grow on a tree oh yes all of them <laughs> you guys want to hear a joke about paper probably not probably not it's terrible <laughs> I want to read one solitary verse to you guys this morning, and then I'll, I'll read a couple more as we go along today. But we're going to go to the classic guy that is the guy that asked for the most important thing he ever could, and that's wisdom. We're going to go to the Proverbs of Solomon this morning. So we're going to go to the uh, book of Proverbs this morning. We're going to go to chapter 20, and I'm going to read for you verse 7. If you want to highlight it or whatever, I'm going to read you actually 6 and 7. And I'm going to read it from the old classic King Jimmy this morning. So Proverbs chapter 20, verses 6 and 7. All right. Most men will proclaim every one of his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. The just man walks in his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that it's alive, that it's active today, that it can be used to uh, grow us, to improve us, to correct us. In Jesus' name, amen. We celebrate fatherhood today. And I want to start by giving you guys some stats because Father's Day today at our church is starting much the way I figured Father's Day would. It's not a condemnation or anything like that. But I knew when we would have church today, that it would be like most Sundays at our church and there would be a dude to gal racial issue. not trying to be mean, you know what I mean? And I understand some of us have to work. Like I know that Jesse is either sleeping so he can go to work tonight or I know he's at work, you know, and I get that. I understand that. So this isn't condemnatory of people like this. But I also want to reiterate the fact that this message is not just directly to a father. This message is also to a mother. This message is equally important to young men in here, and it's important to young ladies that are here or or could hear this message. And it's important to grandmas, it's important to grandmas, because it lays the foundation for what it means to be a dad, and who a young lady would choose as a husband, and how these guys are going to be as fathers, and how grandparents are going to help guide their kids to marry the right kids for their grandchildren, or the right husbands for their grandchildren. All right? All right. According to Lifeway, do you guys know Lifeway? That's a Southern Baptist conventions like publishing firm, like gospel publishing houses, the Assemblies of God. According to Lifeway Research Group, Father's Day is the holiday with the single lowest average church attendance. Statistically lower than Labor Day, lower than Memorial Day, and even lower than the Fourth of July weekend. Father's Day. This is interesting, especially when you consider that Mother's Day tends to be the third highest church service attendance after Easter and Christmas. Isn't that interesting? That mom's, Mother's Day, everybody goes to church, right? Because you want to make mom happy, you go to church with her and you sit in that pew next to mom. But if you want to make dad happy, you get the boat out and you go fishing. Right? <laughs> You're right, right, John? Alright? So. Scott McConnell, who is the director of LifeWay Research, gives his assessment. Please understand, guys, that I am reading this verbatim, so I don't think I'm coming up with anything profound. Clearly, mothers want to be present for their affirmation that is typically offered in most churches. But families are also present knowing their attendance will honor their mother. It's very true. All right? Moms love to have their kids in church with them. They're Christ followers, don't you? Does it make you happy? You know, I mean, I see, you know, when we were in Green River and it was a bigger church, ladies that came to church by themselves quite a bit, especially ladies that had like adult kids and their kids came to them with church. Oh man, they had their little hat on. They bought mom a little boutonniere. They were like, these are my babies. My baby's in church with me today. Praise Jesus. And then they get the little free coffee mug with their little flower from church and they feel good. That's, that's the feminine thing about Mother's Day that women like, right? Would you ladies agree with me? That, that's great. That's what you one of the things you enjoy about Mother's Day. And then they take you out for brunch, right? All right. No mamosas though, right? All right. The attendance difference between Mother's Day and Father's Day is telling, said McConnell. Either churches are less effective in affirming fathers, or families believe Christian fathers don't value their participation in worship services. And surely there are other factors involved, including travel and the time of year. Which I can kind of get, especially in Wyoming, we like to do our camping, we like to do our things. What better weekend than spend with dad in the mountains? We'll get to that though. All right. According to data collected by Promise Keepers, you guys remember Promise Keepers? All right, it was kind of a big deal back in the day, men's crusades. It kind of it kind of fell by the wayside. If a father, okay, according to Promise Keepers, if a father does not go to church. Even if his wife does, only one in fifty of those kids will become regular worshipers. So if mom goes to church and dad doesn't go to church, ninety eight percent of those kids, chances are they will not attend church in their adult life. All right. But if the father does go to church regularly, regardless of whether mom does or not, between two thirds to three quarters of those children will attend church as adults. Isn't that profound? And this is a study, and these numbers are very comparative from various different research groups over the years, both secular and Christian. They come up with very similar numbers. Let's see here. Um, If a father attends church irregularly, between half and two-thirds of their kids will attend church with some regularity as adults. If a mother does not go to church What a father does, a minimum of two-thirds of their children will end up attending church. In contrast, if a father does not go to church, but mother does, on average, two-thirds of the children will not attend church at all. To me, it's a warning and it's a concern for us as a church. Worldwide, I'm not just talking some church, I'm talking the church, all of us. Believers, all right. We celebrate fatherhood, and a lot of times that is at church. We come together and we have a barbecue and we have all that fun stuff on Father's Day. But I gotta tell you guys, I knew this morning that there wouldn't be very many fathers in church, so I was like, I'm not gonna do barbecue. Dads are under attack though in America today. They truly are. The fatherhood stance is under attack, and I think it's time as the church and as men, that we start to fight back against that. The number one thing I see today, and I see it in society, is the emasculation of men in our society. Do you guys know what emasculation means? In crude terms, it's the removal of men jail and genitalia. they are taking our men cards, right? Turning in our man cards. Let's take a look at TV. We're made to look like we're stupid. Look at The Simpsons. All right? Even look at Everybody Loves Raymond. Ray Romano. He's made to be kind of a mo. You know what I mean? Mom's the one that goes to work. It's an emasculating thing. And then the role models that we have today. When I was a kid, the male role model in our day was like, everybody wants to be like Mike. Guys, remember that I want to be like Michael Jordan. And Michael Jordan was a good athlete, but he was also a man that had a certain amount of integrity about him. You didn't read about him in the in the nasty tabloids. A little thing with his dad back in the 90s, and I think a lot of that stuff was kind of embellished. But for the most part, he was one of those more integrity kind of sports guys. And then we look at what we have for our male role models today. You know, there's some garbage out here. We have some business moguls that make sleazy decisions. We have um unscrupulous ad- entertainers and athletes. I mean, look at that, I mean, Eminem, this is a role model for our, for our young men today. Guys like that, I mean, I, I'm sorry. I hope Eminem I hope he receives Christ But right now he ain't living for the Lord and he's not a very good role model for our young men. There's no great moral guiding individuals today, it seems like there used to be, you know. But, the, but there's an importance, a special importance of a father in a child's life. There's something that John did for his boys that Nikki couldn't do. You know, there's something that Jesse's doing for his boys that Maya can't do. Alright? Fathers are far, far more than just the second adult in the house. An involved father, especially biological fathers, They bring positive benefits to their children that no other person is as likely to bring. They provide protection and economic support and as male role models. And they have a different parenting style that is significantly different from that of a mother and the difference is important in healthy child development. Elijah, would you agree that the way I parent you is a little different than your mom? Because I think mom, Mom's a little bit more sensitive. Can we say it that way? I'm just kind of a, a no bones rough sometimes. Harsh, you know? Um, i kind of guy, suck it up, you know, tough it out. Mom is there to be mom and comfort you, and that's good. We have our individual roles. But I I don't want to talk so much about those roles. I mean, I, I'm happy, like, I have a good dad, and I'm happy that I had my dad in my life. And, you know, I was thinking a lot this week about dads, And I was thinking about what is something about my dad that I really appreciate. And what I really appreciate about my dad is hard work. Hard work. And that's a good thing. Like Friday, we put the rocks outside the church. And at 4 o'clock, me and Elijah drove to the gravel pit and had those guys put a front end loader scoop of gravel onto the bed of my trailer. And Elijah looked at it and was like, saw this big pile of rocks and he said, so we're going to park that at the church, right? And You're going to rent a Bobcat or you're going to get somebody with a tractor to come over. (laughs) Yes, you did. This is my story. You be quiet. Can I get a witness? Right? Anyways, children are to be seen and not heard all right shut your mouth (laughs) but anyways, all right we got this gravel and he says you know we're gonna get a tractor right And I said no I said this trailer's got to go down to Green River Saturday morning so I can leave with grandpa so I can get a load of dodging method on it you mean it's got to be golf tonight he's like yeah and I know that you want to go to the lock-in at the the library but this will be empty before we go to the lock-in and so Back that trailer up, and we unloaded it. And I was telling Elijah a story. This goes back to my dad and hard work. Is my dad is a rentals, real estate rentals guy. I mean, he had a full time job, but he bought apartments and stuff when we were younger, and that was a side job, and it was an early retirement one. And he he did pretty good by it. I think I don't know. My dad doesn't talk my finance, talk finance. He's I mean, old school, none of my business. But when I was Elijah's age, I worked for my dad business and when I was 15 I got a street bike so I had transportation around town at 15 and my dad took full advantage of that one of the things he did at one of his apartments that relates to what Elijah had to do out there was he decided he wanted to put patios on the side of this duplex for his renters make a little nicer but it was sloped so it needed to be flattened and so my dad had a trailer similar to the one I have and he had a friend that had just done an excavation job and had a lot of leftover dirt. And my dad, he's cheap. He's the kind of cheap that we say he squeezes a nickel till the buffalo poos. You guys ever heard that? All right, that's my dad. So he would drive his truck with this trailer over to his friend's house in the evening when he got home from work and his friend had a backhoe and he'd pile it up to the top of the surf. And my job, because my two older brothers were out of the house, was to drive my motorcycle to the duplex and have it empty. And he did not back this trailer up to where I could just shovel it off. He filled the wheelbarrow, he walked it over, he emptied it. And I did this, I'm thinking for probably close to two weeks every day, I had to have that trailer empty before Dad got home. And so, you know, he just said, I don't care how you do it. It's just done when I get home so I can get another load." So as a kid, you think about, like, how can I do this easier, you know? And so I would. my conclusion was, I'll get up early before it's really hot, get it done, and then I can chill. And I hated it. Oh, man, I hated it. Who loves wheelbarrowing dirt around me? Nobody, right? Nobody. But it was things like that, that at the time, I just really disliked. That my dad taught me the value of heart. And I appreciate that. You know, I do. Hard work is a great lesson for a dad to teach kids, that they're good at. That moms can teach too. That parents teach, is how to have hard work. But at the same time, I think about what's the, well, if there was, if I could only choose, be able to do one thing good for my kids. One thing. There's only one thing I could do well for them. What could I do? And to me, That's where I get to this Proverbs 20, verse 17. Is the greatest thing I could do for my kids is to be a father of faith. Because when you're a father of faith, everything else is going to present to them in their fatherhood. I mean, think about it. It says to seek first his kingdom and all these things will be added unto you. And we're not just talking money like, give all your money to Joel's team ministries and everything will be added on to you. That's not what's being said there necessarily. What's being said there is when you seek God and you live a life of faith, everything will be added on you. So if you are a father of faith and you seek God and you live your life of faith in front of your boys and your daughters and your family, then everything else about fatherhood will be added on to you. The lessons you teach your kids learning to work hard, learning how to treat women right, teaching your daughters how to see what a man should be like for them, learning how to do finances, learning how to work hard, will be added onto your ability to be a father if you seek the king first in front of your children. I hope I'm not beating that in the ground. This is, I like this. It's starting out a little weird, but I like it. All right? As fathers who want to live life of faith, Our key and our, and the thing that can be added onto us is to lead our families well as faithful men. But there's some things that I think get in the way for us. We talked about that emasculation of men in society. That's a problem. You know, they're downplaying what it means to be a man. But also one of the things that gets in the way for us is that entertainment has become king in our culture. You guys agree with that? You know, I'm going to do this. When we had our last prayer meeting, I brought up the fact, you guys know who Karl Marx is? Karl Marx basically wrote the book on socialism and communism that Mussolini and Stalin and everybody else followed Marxism. Karl Marx. He wrote in there that one of the things that society needs to get rid of is religion because religion is the opiate of the masses and it's a distraction from doing what society needs. I beg to differ, especially this day and age. The opiate of the masses today is entertainment. Absolutely. Because, and I'm I'm not just talking like entertainment TV, you know, TV, video games, all that stuff. Recreation. The entertainment of work. It's the opiate of our society today that distracts us from doing what we should do and that's being a faithful father or a faithful parent. All those things, the entertainment choices and stuff that we have, or or avenues, I guess I shouldn't say entertainment that we have is good because there's a lot of bad old TV. There's but TV in and of itself, not a bad thing. Movies is in and of, in and of itself is not a bad thing. Dirt bikes in and of itself are a terrible thing. We're selling us Just kidding. Those are good things. Sports, they're good things. But when we overindulge, and that's what our life is about. It's a distraction and it's an opiate that numbs us from doing what we're supposed to do and that's losing our faith out loud. It's time for us to rise up as men. It's time to take the reins of leading our families in faith. We're in charge of showing our children the right way to go. And I hope as I'm going through this message, this is my rabbit trail, that this podcast, like if you think this was good, and you know a guy that needs to listen to it, I hope that you share it with me. Because dads need to hear this. I know they want to hear a happy-go-lucky message today, but they need to hear some of this stuff. Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6. This is the the one that everybody knows. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. We had a little... Little picture in our nursery when the boys were little had a little choo choo train in it the primary colors and it said train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it or she will not depart from it isn't that wonderful like oh if I take and I to train my kids they'll be fine that could be wonderful It'll be wonderful I'm gonna love it all right oh they're gonna be good no all right we read this passage. In a way that, that is like a promise. Like, hey, if I train my kids in the way they should go, it'll be good when they don't depart from it. No, this is, this is a warning. This is really a warning. Alright? If no one is there to lead them in the right direction, is what it's saying. They will do as they see fit. Alright? Let's go down here and read it. verse 15 of chapter 22 real quick. Alright, it says, foolishness, or yeah I'll do that one I got multiple translations here foolishness is bound in the heart of a child but the rod of correction shall drive it far from him. so train up old child in the way he should go because if you don't tell them the way they should go they're gonna decide which way they should go but right here it says they're morons sorry son it's true the hippocampus or whatever that is is not fully developed kids make crazy decisions How many of you guys ever seen one of your kids make 100% great decisions? 100%, all the time. My kid could not make a wrong decision to save his life. He is just perfect. Hmm? You cleaned all the pans last night, didn't you? How many times does it take me to tell you to clean all pans? More than once. Alright, sorry, you're getting beat up. That's what you get for sitting in the front. Alright? Oh, you laughing. There was lettuce and tomatoes on the counter this morning, still. You couldn't wipe it off? He makes the largest job. Alright. Kids just don't make those. <laughs> That's just kids. Kids have to be guided and directed. Because if you don't tell them the way they should go, then they're going to decide which way is best. You know, I might tell, I might tell Joram, yeah, I'm done picking on you, man. It's just I'm beating you up. i got to stop. I might tell Joram to take the trash out. Okay? And Joram will take the trash out of the trash can and he'll open the door to the garage and set it on the steps and close the door. Don't look at me like you've never done that. We're going we're gonna to pray for him later. But anyways, but when I say take the trash out as a dad, that means tie the bag up, put it in the big garbage can in the garage so that the mice don't get to it because you don't want them to attract them for the mice. And if that garbage can is full, don't set it next to the garbage can. Empty that garbage can. Put it into the garbage trailer. Put a new bag in the big garbage can and put the little bag inside of it. That's what I've told him. But I've just said take out the trash. And so he's going to go and do it the way he feels he should. Verse 15, he's full, Alright. right. Hey, I love you boys. I do. You guys are just an easy target because it's Father's day. And I'll, hey, you'll make better decisions next time. I don't want Dad using me as as an object lesson again. But he's going to do it the way he should. Okay, Dad said take the trash out. So I'm going to open the door and put it out. And then I can get back to my TV show or whatever it is, right? Right? Exactly. See? Thank you for your honesty. There will be a candy bar waiting for you. <laughs> That's funny. But let's take that into the faith perspective or what we believe perspective or the way we should go spiritually protect perspective. We need to teach our kids the right way to go spiritually. We need to teach our kids about Christ. We need to teach our kids about Jesus. We need to be praying with our kids to show them what it means to pray and how to pray. We need to spend time living in fear and fearing our lives before God and living in the fear and admonition of Him. Prioritizing our relationship with Christ in front of our kids and leading our family to church. Honestly. Alright? I hope I'm talking to somebody that's going to listen to this later, some guy. Cause he needs to hear it. There's a lot of guys that need to hear it. My kids are my little ducklings, right? Alright, and when you see geese down at the river during the hatch, and you got these little babies running around, that's what I do, and you see these little babies running around, is there one goose leading them? There's two geese leading them, you see, right? Mom and dad. Mom and dad. Dads need to be leading their little ducklings into the church house when the doors are open. Along with their mom. Alright? For the head of the household, whoever that is. Alright? Need to be leading our kids in the church, praying with them at home, teaching them about Christ. It's not, it's not my job to teach every kid that comes in here, be the only one that teaches them about Christ. I need to share it with them. But mom and dad need to do it too. Because if they just hear it from me, they're not going to believe it as much as mom and dad are living it in front of them. All right. There's this little boy years ago, a Sunday morning, reading his comics. Do you guys remember that day? When you looked forward to Sunday morning because the comics came, and what was special about the comics on Sunday? Well, Family Circle was in there. Beetle Bailey, all those good ones, right? The Wizard of ID, Marvin, all those good ones. Calvin and Hobbes, the boys love Calvin and Hobbes. But on Sunday, there were extra ones, and they were in, oh my word, comic strips in color, yay. And then you had the, what was that, Uncle Mike's or whatever on the last page, Kim, where you could do the little puzzles and turn them in, maybe win a prize? Big deal, right? So this kid, it's Sunday morning, and he's reading the comics. Well, his dad's reading the morning paper, and this is how my house was. I mean, not all, of them, but this first part right here. Like Sunday morning, the color comic strips. Mom made hot breakfast on Sunday morning. Dad would be there. I remember my dad always had to have a little glass of fresh squeezed orange juice, and a little glass of milk, and his cup of coffee, and he liked his eggs just so, and he liked his bacon just so. And mom just kind of pampered us on Sunday morning before we went to church. And we'd read our comic strips, because it was amazing. We didn't have tablets. We didn't have cell phones. right? But this kid's reading the paper, or reading the funny while his dad's reading the paper, and his mom enters in and she says to him, It's time to get ready for church, son. And the boy gets up reluctantly and says, Dad, you coming to church with us too? And he says, No, son, I'm not going to church today. I got a lot of things to do. I work five days a week. And I gotta finish the chores here at home. And I need to relax. And the football game is on. You know, you know, you, you guys know the list of things that we go through every Sunday. Daytona 500 is going to be one, and I know that Pastor Zach is going to be long-winded today and ain't missing the start of the Daytona 500. It ain't going to happen. Like, we know these things, right? All right? So That's what this guy just gives this line of excuses to his son. And as his son walks out of the room, he says to his dad, he says, he says, well, Dad, did you go to church in Sunday school when you were a kid? And he said, well, yeah, of course I did. I always went to church and Sunday school when I was a kid. And this kid, as he walks out, as his dad says that he says, I wonder if it'll do as much good for me as it did for my dad. And unfortunately, we do a lot of do as I say and not as I do with our kids today. But as men and leaders of our households, let's lead our families Like we were designed, and this is for you guys too, for the young kids in here. Young men, lead your families when you grow up. Young ladies, find a man that will lead your family spiritually when you grow up. All right. And as a dad and as a leader of the house, we're to set an example. Man, we demonstrate for our kids moral value because our kids are watching us. That video at the beginning today, that guy had the fender bender, and he did the right thing. Let me tell you, now I get to rat on myself. All right, so I've totally ratted you guys. I'm going to rat myself out now. I live in Wyoming, therefore I hunt. Love to hunt. All right. And me and Elijah are in Area 140 deer hunt, which is New Fork Lake. And it is October 7th. Deer season closes October 7th. Elijah has blown both legs off of a doe plus its head and it's that whole it's that camp looking nasty and i have concentrated on filling his tag and i want to fill my tag and i get this little thing us guys know called buck fever. all right let's fill the tag well in the state of wyoming most areas of kids can shoot any deer they want but as an adult up there it's three no it was just bucks that's right it was just bucks that year. now i think it's three points or better Just buck. And so I'm looking around for just a buck. It's the last day. I just want the meat for the freezer. I'm not worried about Boone and Crockett status. None of that stuff. I just want deer. And so we're driving along and I see this deer bedded down with some other deer and I nail that sucker and I walk up and I put imaginary horns on a yearling farm. I'm not kidding. Now how do you do that? They look totally different. But I did it. And so, I called my father-in-law on the radio and I'm like, hey, you know, you need to come up here. Um, got this, this situation. He's like, oh, is somebody heard him like normal. Literature. So we, he shows up and is like, I've done something dumb. <laughs> you know what I mean? What do you think? I was like, I haven't touched it yet. He's like, he's like, well, you say you're a man of integrity, aren't you? I mean, that's what my father-in-law is not a You say you're a man of integrity. I guess I'll leave that up to you. And so, as hunters in Wyoming, you know, you got two choices. Pitch it, pitch it in the ditch and run or turn yourself in. And I got Blondie here sitting on the four wheeler watching me his first year hunting. Of course he's kind of looking for his, this is first year where he's carrying a rifle. I gotta do the right thing. I never broke the law before, you know what I mean? I got a beaten parking ticket when I was 21. And so I call, uh, is his name Bubba, the ranger up there or the, I called Bubba, call him up, and say, like, Hey Bubba, um, I'm up here, I'm Area 140, I'm on Little Flat Top Mountain, and I have shot a yearling bu- a yearling deer. I said it is a male, he has nubbins, but they have not emerged. He's like, Okay. He's like, uh, why'd you do that? <laughs> I'm like, because I'm a moron. Alright? I did. And he says, Alright, he says, so what are you doing right now? He says, Well, I'm staring at it. He says, Well, how long was the kid how long ago was the kill? I said, About twenty minutes or so. He's like, all right. Um, he says, well, he says, I'm busy today. I'm not going to make it up there. He says, I want you to field dress this deer. He says, I want you to get it down to camp. He says, I want you to hang it up. And he said, how long do you guys plan on staying? He there for the day or what? And I said, no, we're, we're camping. And so we're going to leave tomorrow. He says, you cannot leave until I stop and chat with you. So, of course, my family, my brother-in-law and everything, they're thinking, oh yeah, you go to jail, you know, picking on me, you're a dork, you know, all that stuff. You know how to, I mean, you do something like that in hunting camp, you might as well just crawl in a hole and die. But, so we do, we wait, we get it field-dressed, do all that kind of stuff. The thing was so small, it was like this, I threw it on the front rack of my four-wheeler. I mean, it's terrible. I mean, I did a terrible thing. Bubba comes up the next morning, and he, he says, "Well, I pulled your record." He says, "I pulled, you know, your hunting and fishing history, your legal history, all that jazz." He says, "You don't got anything." He says, "Tell me a little bit about what happened." I just told him. I said, "Hey, man, I got buck fever. I wanted to fill my tag, so I, I just drew horns on it." He says, mm. yeah." He says, "That happened." Well, my father-in-law shot a good deer that year, so Bubba wanted to take measurements on that deer and congratulate my father-in-law on congratulated Elijah because it was his first deer. And then he looks at mine and Elijah's like, look, mine's like twice as big as my dad. I'm like, <laughs> Bubba looks at me and he says, I tell you what, he says, you did the right thing. He says, you, you had integrity, you called, you called turned yourself in. He says, you got Phil dressed right. He says, I hate to see it go to waste now. He says, you can keep the deer. He says, I'm going to write you a warning because you're going to go through a check station or two. He says, if I am in hunting camp next year talking to you again, he says, we will have serious issues. He says, serious. I'm going to take your hunting rights. Away. I mean, he, he chewed me out a little bit. And so I was like, oh, thank you. Of course, my brother-in-law, he yells out of, out of his temperament. He says, can you just put him in the handcuffs so I can get a picture? <laughs> Come on. I feel terrible that I did that. And it was a lesson learned for me to just kind of chill out a little bit. What's done is done. But somebody was watching, you know what I mean. And if I would have done what wasn't right, then he would have learned a lesson in doing what's not right. They're watching us. Clarence K- Kelland was a 19th century short story writer. Um, actually, some of his stories were recompiled into a movie by Adam Sandler called Mr. Dean's. All right, He's a, he was a short story kind of funny writer. He's been kind of forgotten, but he said, "My father." didn't tell me how to live he lived and let me watch him do it isn't that true right our kids need to see our dependence on god our kids need to see us sitting studying his word dividing his word figuring out his word they need to see it they need to see this open on our nightstands they need to see it open On our side tables next to our couches. They need to see them go from shiny and new to worn out with duct tape on them. Our kids need to see it. Our kids need to see us on our knees. You know, how many people here have a hard time praying publicly, even in front of family? A lot of us. I even, I have a hard, easier time praying in front of you guys right here than I do just in front of my family. But my kids need to see me praying. And they see me praying. They see me on my nasty days too. They see me praying. And our kids, this one goes to dads and young men most importantly. You're going to have kids someday or your mom's going to have serious issues with you. So when you have kids, you too, all right, they need to see you in church. They need to see you sitting in the church. They need to see you being involved in the church. Serving the Lord in the church. They need to see it. As a men. Women too, of course. But you guys, you guys have a little less trouble than the men. So that's why I'm kind of browbeating them over Alright? You need to see in church. To the boys, they will learn how to be a man through their father. Whether directly or indirectly. Now we have this train up a child in the way he should go, and that's the way he's part. Just because of what you show them does not mean that's what you're gonna turn out necessarily. So I'm not giving you a, a, an absolute here because I know a lot of God-fearing men that raised up boys that ended up having a lot of situations. and then they do the beating on themselves that their failure is my failure as a father. Just like in uh, Gladiator, remember? Your failure as a son is my failure as a father. Remember Caesar said that, anyway. But if we don't show them anything good, they won't receive anything good to carry on. They will learn from you how to be a father. And me and Kim did youth group for many, many years. I don't have girls in my house right now. I think we're going to. But. Kim's not pregnant. We're getting a little Polish girl for the school year. But anyways. To the girls that I've seen in youth groups, they will set the standard of what kind of man they will follow or marry. Oftentimes, based on their father. That's not always the case, but sometimes it is. Absent fathers, most important. I knew a lot. I've, I've been across a lot of young ladies that have completely absent fathers, and unfortunately, then they will chase after any man that will give them the time of day good or bad and so we got to pray for those girls all right as men as leaders of our house as grandfathers with young ones we have the nature to protect our families from harm you guys believe that that's a carnal nature that a man has actually moms have too. yesterday my little uh, nephew tried to run across the street I guess at a picnic Kim was there and uh, there was a car racing down the road. Of course, you know how mom's are, man. She's like, beeline, like superpowers. But also as men, there are times where I just want to reach out and touch somebody because they mess with one of my little cubs. We had we had a little event about a month ago where somebody found out real quick that if you don't step on my turf and start bad-mouthing my kids on my front doorstep, you will find out that I will not tolerate that. I won't sin, but I will not tolerate that. Anyway, we won't go there. Um, it's our carnal, it's our design, it's our nature as men to be providers, to be protectors, to watch over and care for our families. Right? Go to work. I mean, my dad taught me, son, you go and you get yourself a good job that feeds your family well, that puts, you know, food on the table, provides them a home, takes care of your boys and your wife. That's your job. And it is my job. But what about caring for the important needs our kids have, and that's our faith. And I know a lot of guys that work a lot of hard hours to make sure their kids have everything they need and then some, but have not taken time off. And have forgotten about the relationship with their kids. We gotta remember our kids, we gotta remember our families, and we need to protect them from the biggest harm there is out there, and that's Mm -hmm. the spiritual enemy. And that's the spiritual death. If we do that, the other things will take care of themselves. I believe that. That he will guide us along in the other aspects of fatherhood and parent leadership.